Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. So I'm Lynn. You can tell me that my accent is uh, different. And the reason being is that I am originally from South Africa, but this is home. Well, thank you for the enthusiasm. (laughs) I'll try it again. I'm originally from South Africa, but this is home. Thank you, Rent-A-Crowd. And, um, but I oversee a charity called New Day United, and we are based in Cape Town, and so I spend a good amount of time in Cape Town, but I also come back here, and Ivy Manchester is my home church. I was on staff here for a number of years, and I was also one of those things called elders. I know, it's the age. And uh, so I was part of that, but I'm now based uh, we're overseeing this charity, and I know there's nothing worse than people who come back from holiday and they go, guess what? We've got 7,544 slides we'd like to show you of our holiday. Anybody ever had that? And we all put on that nice face that goes, oh, lovely. We're thinking, dear Jesus, please take me home now. But I'm going to do that really quickly, quickly. So we're based in Cape Town. Thank you, Tim. And that's our home base. We're based at a church called Kanisa Church, which is in an area called Guguletu. Cape Town's beautiful, but there's also extreme poverty. And so we're based there. You can see the nice barbed wire fences around. Have to have it because we've got gangs that run on both sides of where we're based. But we're having so much fun over there. That's our team. Uh, and we're stronger together. Some of those team guys are ex-gang members, and it's just so exciting to see what God is doing in their lives. We started, New Day started just over three years ago, and we're up to 10 people on our team now. Isn't that amazing? And God is just doing the most incredible things, and we have a little hashtag, stronger together. So I'm so down with the young people. Thank you, Tim. And uh, over there you can see we, we have a computer learning center that has just absolutely exploded. We've got more people than actually we've got computers and it's phenomenal to see what God is doing. We're showing the alpha videos at the start of every um, class and it's hysterical because Jan who leads the class, that's not Jan on the right, that's a very handsome boy called Joel. Uh, no, what's his name? Joe. Sorry, he's a very close friend. <laughs> he is actually a very close But I'm looking at my friend over there. Um, and what is incredible was I heard the other day that um, Jan, who oversees this computer learning center, had left the Alpha video at home. And the class just went into riot. He said, we are not having any class today until we see this video. And so we had to try and find it or download it and to show it to him. Isn't that exciting? And they're not all Christians, by the way. And the guy on the right is my friend Joe, who is a film editor, 
works on amazingly large American films, and he came in and spent time with them and just gave them a purpose and a vision that there's something more than just being locked in poverty and despair that goes on so often in the areas where we work. We also run uh, robotics for our kids and um, because we believe it's urban missions, so we wanna give the kids the best opportunities. So we, we give them maths and we give them science and we do, them, we do robotics. And if we can go to the next picture, yesterday, oh no, actually these are some of our guys. These guys were ex-gang members. They're now part of our team and they're learning how to do robotics. It's just incredible to see. And uh, they're just in a place of finding God in the most phenomenal ways. Um, and the one on the right, the big picture is a guy called Ramon and Ramon, his brother was shot and murdered right in front of him, just hadn't slept for years because of that. And he's part of the team. We've just been loving him Amen. and telling him how valuable he is. And Jesus has just been revealing himself to him. And uh, Ramon said to me just before I left, he said, I'm sleeping through the night. I've got such peace, and I just love it. I love it when Jesus just touches people's lives. But we had this, that happened yesterday. So there's the World Robot Olympiad. Don't ask me what it's about, it just happens. And so these kids do this robotic stuff, and our kids won bronze. These are kids who lives in shacks, won bronze in three categories. Now that is something. And their darling little faces, look how serious they are. They won. And our guys behind them are just the best. I just love them to bits. Thank you. And then we've also got um, coding that we do with our kids. So our kids are learning coding. And then we've got, also got e-learning where they're doing maths e-learning. And the kids who were failing maths in school are now passing. It's just incredible. And for them as well, we start, we always give them a meal when they come in every day. We pray for them. We find out how they're doing. And there's a lady called Lucy, Ama Lucy, who is just a mama to these kids. It's just incredible. And I'm Gorko, which is devastating for me, which means granny. Never mind, we'll move on from that. And we also run a sewing enterprise and the ladies are just phenomenal. And the lady on the right, uh, Moira, is a retired lady and uh, she's not yet a Christian. But they start, every time they start with prayer, they're starting to make stuff that we can sell um, in, in South Africa, but we're looking for an international market as well. And it's hysterical because I walked through the hall where we meet and um, Moira was about to go, um, and she said, I heard her say to the girls, 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 gather, gather, blessing, blessings. <laughs> and so she wanted all the blessings. I went, nice one, thank you. And then, of course, I look as though I'm in desperate pain over there. That's, um, we, every six weeks, we down tools in all our departments, and we pray. And people from the local community come and join us, and our passion is this. We don't try and twist God's arm. We thank God for what he's doing. And since we have started to be in that area over this year, and I don't have to touch wood to say this or touch plastic, there's been no gang violence in our area. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? The kingdom is advancing. 
The kingdom is advancing. So that's enough of little stories for you. Um, but I wanted to say, we've got some of these little, they're tea towels. They're really huge ones. And it's, um, we, we're making them available. They're on the table over there. And what I've suggested is if you take one of those, it's not just trying to keep us afloat. It's making a difference. And so my suggestion is that if you want one, you can take one, but really, really would love you to pay for it. All right, and so we're suggesting five pounds and above that. And then there's also some, if you want to partner with us a little bit more, there's the 2020 campaign. Yay for us. That wasn't too bad, was it? <laughs> yeah, Father, just thank you so much uh, that this church, you know, when you gave money into those little baskets, New Day receives some of that. And so you guys are making a difference in Cape Town. I thank you for this incredibly generous church that doesn't just get money in so that they can hold it, but they generously give. And Lord, thank you that tonight I can trust you that you're going to speak so profoundly to us. And blessed are the short-winded, for they shall be invited back. Amen. All right, just a few seconds here. Oh, Lord, I've seen the time. You spoke too long. <clears throat> But this, we're involved in a series at the moment called Surprised by Hope. And I love the definition of hope. It's this, the confident expectation of what God has promised and strengthen his faithfulness. Isn't that amazing? The confident expectation of what God has promised and strengthen his faithfulness. And I want you to know this, there may be delays in the promises of God, but he's not gonna deny his word. The delays are to align your life and get you ready for not just the little promises you want, but a massive promise that he has in his heart for you. And that's free, all right? So we're surprised by hope. And so over the next little while on, on Sunday evenings, please Jesus help me not to shout, we're gonna be exploring encounters that people have with Jesus. And I love the fact that it's not just way, way back many centuries ago, that it's for now. Encounters with Jesus, and we're gonna be looking at the Gospel of Luke. And so just really quickly, a little bit about Luke. Luke actually wasn't a disciple. He wasn't part of the 12. Luke was a physician. He was possibly a doctor. He was possibly one of the 70 who followed Jesus. He was also a friend of Paul's and went on some missionary journeys with him. And there is a possibility that Luke actually wrote the Gospel of Luke and he also wrote the Book of Acts because both of them start with addressing a guy called Theophilus who was a very, very profound man. I'm not gonna give you any more than that. And so Luke writes the gospel, and in this, his whole thing, the gospel of Luke is flooded. I love this. He's a man of detail, wants to give all the detail, but it's flooded. This gospel is flooded with good news. Good news for the entire world, for every race, for every age, for every gender, for every ethnic group, and every social position. So that includes us. So look at the person next to you and say, I think this may be for you too. Yeah, we'll have a little bit of Africa here, just chatting to one another. 
But this evening, what I want to just share with you is a story that most of us, if we have been to Sunday school, have heard about. And I think I chose the story because it's about a short chappy. And I am one of those. Actually, I'm very tall in spirit. I'm huge. Just short in stature. It kind of went this way instead of this way. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Let's have a look at Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. And this is a story about Zacchaeus, good old Zac. And all I'm going to do is take us through these 10 verses and just unpack it. As I, when I was studying this this week, I got so excited about this. Because as I began to look at this with fresh eyes, I thought this is an encounter for now. And so verse 1 says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. So this is Jesus' last journey. He's on his way to Jerusalem where he is going to meet his death for us to have eternal life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? That God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I never want to become a professional Christian. Just, oh, well, that's nice. And so Jesus is passing through. In other words, he's between destination A and destination B. One of the things that is so important for us is that we need to watch that we never become so obsessed with where we're gonna get to that we don't enjoy the journey, that we're not fascinated with what God's gonna do along the way. And so Jesus, we later read that he had his eyes fixed on going to Jerusalem, but he was enjoying the journey. And they were coming through a place called Jericho. And we all know about that in the Old Testament, but this was just on the border of Palestine. And Jesus is coming through on his way to Jerusalem. And then verse two says this, a man was there. Well, I guarantee you wasn't the only man. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. God knows each one of us by name. Each one of us by name. Our identity of who we are is so precious to Him. And the incredible thing was Zacchaeus actually means pure. Isn't that amazing? There was this man called Pure, and the rest of that you can read. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Anything but living that name. Now my Kosa name, Kosa, which is a language in South Africa, is Spongil. I was given it when I was a tiny little girl, and the name means joy. Get that. And also it means one who sings. I don't do that much anymore, but I used to sing a lot. And so here was this man, Zacchaeus, who lived in Jericho. He was a chief tax collector. It wasn't just any old tax collector. He was a chief one. So he actually, the tax collectors would work on behalf of the Roman Empire, get money from all the, the Jews, and the reason was to keep their empire alive and well. And Zacchaeus was their man. The Jews hated these guys because they were total swindlers and embezzlers. They were nasty little bits of flesh. 
And then it says he wasn't only a tax collector, but was wealthy. Not just wealthy, very wealthy. I looked it up in the Greek. Wealthy here means very wealthy. And so here he is, the man who's got everything. He's a tax collector making shed loads of money. And then verse three comes along. And he wanted to see Jesus, who Jesus was, because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. I so identify with that. He wanted to see Jesus. He had heard about Jesus, but now it's time for him to see Jesus. There's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Him. Many people know about Him. Religious people know lots about Him, more than the people who know Him, it seems. And so here He was, and He was longing to see who Jesus was. He wanted to see this with His own eyes. Because He was short, He could not see over the crowd. That's why I hate sails. Or I hate going to concerts where you've got to stand in the pit. And I don't have anybody who says, let me put you on my shoulders. And he was short. But he wasn't only short physically, he was short morally. He was short morally. For those who don't know, I spent a period of time in a wheelchair. And I was told I was never going to walk again and never use my right hand again because of the brain damage I had. Love saying this, when my dad was alive, he used to say, darling, when you open your mouth, it's not difficult to see something's wrong up there. Anyway, he's now with Jesus and Jesus is sort of, no. But there is something about this poor guy here who is short, not only physically, but morally, he was stunted in his life. And he wanted, but he'd heard about this Jesus, something inside of him went, I've got to find him. And you know what? There is a God-shaped vacuum in each one of us, a longing to be known by the one who created us. I find it fascinating how I've met people who are atheists and they still go, oh my God. And I love going, you know him. (laughs) And verse four, it says, so he ran ahead wasn't going to be put off, wasn't going to go, ah, forget this. He ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. He knew where he was going to go. He knew where Jesus was going to go. And so he climbs this tree. For goodness sake, he was a rich tax collector. He could have got one of those forklifts to lift him up. But there's something childlike. I've got to see Jesus. And beloved, we've got to be childlike, not childish, but childlike if we're going to see Jesus. And he climbs this fig tree. And I just thought, well, let me just look up what this means, a sycamore tree. Get this. This is so kind of do-do-do-do-do, bit spiritual here. The sycamore tree symbolizes strength, protection, eternity, and divinity. Isn't that cool? Thank you. Two of us, brother, will enjoy this. And so he climbs this tree for a better view. Oh, he ran ahead and then in verse five it says, when Jesus reached the spot. I remember when Jesus reached the spot where I was. I was at university. I mean, just living like the devil himself. But there was something that ran after God 
And it wasn't in any meeting with lovely worship, great worship tonight, thank you. It wasn't with that, it was just me alone in my room. And I knew that Jesus was in the room with me. He met me right there and says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, hey, Zach, come down immediately. Come on down. I must stay at your house today. Verse one, Jesus was passing through. Suddenly in this verse, there are my notes, see? I make crazy colorful notes. Suddenly, Jesus says to him, I must come and stay at your house. And that must is about not just, hey, would it be okay for you if I came over? Would that be okay? Love your voice. Would it be okay? Would it be okay if I came to Belfast and visited you? By, by the way, I left my appendix in Belfast. Alston mm, Infirmary, just put it by the way. I must come. It's not just a nice little request. It's a divine appointment. I must stay at your house, your place. I'm coming into your place. You see, so often when we come across people who are not yet Christians, we always say, no, you come to our place. And I wonder whether there's some power that we know that we're going to be okay if we meet them in their place. I must come and stay in your home, in your house. When? Today. 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 In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, it says, Today is the day of salvation. I love what Anthony said earlier on, you know. Today's the day. We don't know how long we've got. Our precious brother Dave Clayton is walking into eternity. We all think we're going to live forever, but we're not. That's the truth of the matter. I must come to your house today. And he was passing through, but this was too good an opportunity for Jesus. And then in verse six, it says, so Zacchaeus, he came down at once. There was no hesitation. I've had the most incredible conversations with people who have told me that they don't believe in God at all, at all. And I just begin to say, Holy Spirit, show me how to love these people. Show me how to speak to them. And I remember once sitting at a dinner party next to a guy said, don't believe in all the stuff. And I said, oh, you know that kind of thing you think, dear Jesus, please let this meal go quickly. I'm not enjoying this dinner party. And all of a sudden, I just got the love and the compassion of Jesus. And I said, God, show me what's going on in this guy's life. And I said, I named, I said, does this name seem familiar to you? And he shouted across the table at my friend and he said, Sylvia, do you tell her? And Sylvia went, no, I haven't, I haven't said anything. And it was his daughter. And his daughter was a bit of a junkie and she had gone off to Marrakesh. And I got that. I said, your daughter's in Marrakesh and you're worried about her, but she's coming home. Mm. From moving from a don't believe God to eat that. Yeah. Incredible. And afterwards, when we were having post-dinner drinks, he came up to me and he said, thank you so much. I'm not too sure what I believe now. 
So he came down at once, no hesitation. Look what Zacchaeus does. He welcomed him gladly. In some translations it says, he received him joyfully. Beloved, joy comes when Jesus is in our world. Now I'm not talking about frivolous happiness. I cry like everybody else. But there's a deep-seated joy that the Bible says is our strength. And he received him with joy. And verse 7, how tragic is this? And all the people saw this and they began to mutter. Religion always mutters when Jesus is around. Always. The crowd they saw this and began to mutter. It says, the, the Greek on this today were scandalized. He's gone to be a guest of a sinner. Hmm. Anybody here have no sin? Just checking. How arrogant is that? How arrogant is that? In Luke 5, verse 22, there's an amazing story of another tax collector. His name was Levi. And Jesus looks at him, the scum of the earth, and he says, hey, come and follow me. And we call him Matthew, right? one of the Gospels. There will always be a reaction when God's Holy Spirit begins to do something. Amen. Beloved, we've got to watch that we don't become offended about the wrong things. I get offended when I see what the enemy is doing in people's lives. I do not become offended with my brothers and my sisters. A wrong battle, that's for free. Verse eight, I'm preaching like an African here. I am an African. Come on. It says this, but Zacchaeus stood up. Ah. The small guy, he suddenly stood up. He didn't go and hide. He stood up. And I believe what is being said there, he didn't just stand up on the outside. He stood up on the inside. Boom. Revelation. And look what he says. And he said to the Lord, look, Lord. So he now it becomes clear, he's not just looking for Jesus, he knows there's something more to this dude than just being a nice man. Here and now, immediately. I mean, this is crazy. I give half of my possessions to the poor. Whenever God begins to do an in-work in our lives, there's always an outward manifestation, always. Always, if there isn't, I'd begin to say, I wonder how much of a transformation you've really had. If it's just, well, it's just inside, you know. No, 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 no. It begins to affect your outside world. And here Zacchaeus says, I'll give away half my possessions to the poor. No longer am I defined by how much money I can make. Amen. I'm going to give it away. And then he says this, and I believe this is kind of he's feeling so guilty by this stage. I, and if I have cheated, no, he did. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, look at this, I will pay back four times the amount. 
there is a payback of four times the amount when there has been theft. So pretty much he's disclosing here. I'll pay back four times the amount. We have this little saying in New Day, and I know there are many churches that have this, and I know Andy Stanley has said this. When people know they belong, then they believe, and then they become all that God wants them to be. So often we want people to believe, then they can belong, and hopefully they will become. And Zacchaeus is such an example of somebody, he belonged. Jesus is passing through and one man, Zacchaeus, I love it. I'll pay back everything. I'll pay back it all. Because he knew, here's the deal. He knew he had been seen and he knew that he was loved. That's what we're about. Letting people know that they're seen and they loved. And Jesus said to him, today, there's that word again, today, salvation, it's not yet hung on the cross, salvation has, in the present tense, come to this house. Today, salvation, that word salvation, the Greek word for that is soteria, and that word means deliverance, It means preservation. It means soundness. It means prosperity. It means rescue. It means happiness. It means well-being. That's worth it. I'd love a bit of that. Today, salvation has come to your house. I'm in your house. I'm bringing this because this man too is a son of Abraham. Well, he was a son of Abraham. By culture, he was a Jew. But what the Lord was referring to was way ahead. He was saying, not only are you a son of Abraham by culture, you're a son of Abraham because of kingdom. Well, I get excited all about myself on that. Romans 4 talks about the circumcision of the heart that makes us sons and daughters of Abraham. Abraham was a man of faith. And because that salvation had come, he was seeking first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom. And all these other things, all this stuff. Anthony was so right over here. We sweat the small stuff so much. Sorry, I'm sorry I'm shouting. Thank you. Because this man too, I'm speaking to your identity, Zach. You're now pure. You're now pure. You're a son of Abraham. You're not short anymore. You're going to stay short. I mean, you don't just grow when you become saved. Please, Jesus. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yes. All the short people are going, yes, I agree with that. And then verse 10, which the theme of the entire gospel, the entire good news, the theme of Jesus's mission. And Jesus says, for the son of man, he gives himself that title. He's the son of God, the son of man came. Oh, I love this. To seek and save. I will look for you 
and I will rescue you. There is nothing more brilliant than that. I'll look for you and I'll rescue you. I'll look for you even though you're getting it all wrong and you've climbed this tree and I'll rescue you. Come down off the tree because I'm going to go onto the tree. I'm going to die on that tree for you. For you, for me. Came to seek and to save the lost. Beloved, we can't do it in our own strength. We live in a world, we just got to watch the news. My goodness me, what a mess. And if you watch, if you know anything about psychology and people's eyes, you know, their eyes are going like this on television and everybody's scratching their heads and doing all the stuff, just divulging. They haven't a clue. Haven't a clue. We can't do it on our own. He's the good shepherd. And in John 10, it says, he lays down his life for his sheep. He'll go and find that one sheep. Leave the 99. We sing a song about that. And it's in the Bible for that one. You and me. To seek and save who? The lost. And you know his biggest thing? There were two mentions of house here. Actually, the other interpretation is home. Is that for each one of us, he's calling us home. That's what he wants. And you know, there are many of us, I know, when I go off into a far land, I love it, I was at a conference this week, and the, I think it was Bill Johnson who said, you know, there's a homesickness inside of us. And when I'm just doing things my own way, there is, it's like I feel sick inside, because I've tasted of home. There's nothing more wonderful for me than coming back to Manchester Coming into, you know, I have a beautiful home in, in Cape Town that I'm renting. But man, when I come home, my home, to seek and save the lost. And so I want to close by just saying three things that I think for us that God wants to give us tonight. And as I was praying into this, I felt God say that number one, significant encounters often take place in what might seem insignificant moments. Amen. Significant encounters. I thought I was so clever writing this. I went, yes, preach it. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Significant encounters often take place in what might seem insignificant moments. Amen. That will take your breath away. But beloved, we've got to open our eyes. Say, God, what do you want to do this week? Think about your workspace, wherever it is. Think about the conversations you're going to have. Think about how you're going to begin to say, God, give me those moments. Show me who it is. Don't ram them with religion. Give the love of Jesus to them. And that Jesus met me and radically changed me, but who is my Zacchaeus that I'm after? Number two, it's really important. Always make room for divine appointments that might disrupt your earthly diaries. Hallelujah. I didn't like writing that, but it's so true. 
always make room for divine appointments that might disrupt your earthly diaries. I wanna show you a quickly, quick picture up here. So this guy, see him over there? His name's Dave. And we got a phone call saying Dave was very keen in uh, coming to help us with coding. Owns a big IT company in Cape Town, so we go into his IT company, beautiful boardroom with one of those long tables. You just start speaking posh when you walk into a room like that. And all his minions were kind of rushing around, and his operations directly lovely. Come this way, come this way. Drinks, drinks, yes, yes, we'll have drinks, thank you. And so he came in, we started speaking, and he said, I believe that God wants me to get involved with um, New Day. And I thought, yeah, you're working on your BEE points. Those are to get, <laughs> make the government happy. And then I had to say, God, I'm so sorry for thinking like that. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah. And so we started talking. He said, I want Cape Town to become the, one of the coding capitals of the world. I had not a clue what he was talking about, but I looked at our operations manager who was sitting opposite me and Anna-Marie seemed to know what he was saying, so I just looked as intelligent as her. Yes, yes. And so we chatted through what that mean and he's gonna teach our kids coding and all the rest of it. And at the end of the meeting I said, Dave, I wonder um, if you wouldn't mind. Um, I believe in prayer. And I would love to pray for your company. Well, it was, I saw Anna-Marie just go, what? <laughs> And it was like the oxygen was sucked out of the room. And so I just smiled. When in doubt, smile. And so I smiled at him and he said, well, I'm a Baha'i. And I said, oh. <laughs> and he said, well, um, yes, I'd like you to give my business a blessing. I said, that's wonderful. And he said, well, as long as you'll take a Baha'i blessing from me, I said, absolutely no problem at all. And so I launched in and started to bless him and it was hysterical and I'm not laughing at him, but it was quite funny. And I could see him under the desk on his, on his phone trying to find a Baha'i blessing. And I was just chatting, just God, I bless this business. And Dave gave this Baha'i blessing over us. It was really good, it was a nice blessing. I took it, yes, thank you, Jesus. Dave is now teaching and check it, what's around him there. There's Jesus, there's the Holy Spirit, there are verses. He loves it. He loves it. Belong and then believe and behave. And the final thing is, don't allow offending others to put you off your mission. Amen. Don't allow offending others to put you off your mission. Those other guys were so offended. And you know, I, I think if they'd said, Jesus, I wonder, when you finish in Zach's home, would you mind coming to my home? Who knows? Who knows? But beloved, watch that. Don't be offended. Don't walk with offense. We all get hurt. I've had some crazy, crazy things happen in my life. And the only thing that's helped me is to keep my eyes fixed on the author and the perfecter of my faith and to go, God, I'm not, you're not finished with me yet. Amen. Let's pray. Yeah, God, I thank you. I thank you for tonight. I thank you that we could be together. I'm so grateful. 
so grateful for all your goodness. And I know time's running by here, but I just, um, would it be okay if I just kind of highlighted some things again? And I just, I think that for some of us that God's saying, just slow down, slow down a bit. You're so obsessed with getting to that thing that you're not enjoying the journey. And there are things that have happened that have been like you've been walking through mud and slush and maybe you've made some wrong decisions. But God says, actually, I want to bring you back to that place of enjoying the journey with me again. So I'm going to ask you to be brave enough. If you identify with that, and it's been a bit tough, but you want to begin to enjoy the journey again with Jesus, would you mind standing, please? Just stand with me and say, yeah, that's me, man. I know this. And I just sense for some of you, again, just that pause moment that your earthly diary, it is so booked up that it's almost like you can't even breathe and you're feeling suffocated. And God wants to say to you, I want to give you some incredible, brilliant moments that go beyond your diary and be willing to say, God, I clear those out for those God moments with you. And if you, that's you, please will you stand as well. Because I want to, I just sense that God's saying, you know, in standing, in changing our position, we're almost aligning ourselves just like Zacchaeus did. He went up the tree. And so let's just do that. Let's just run ahead a little bit here. All right? I'm not, I'm not saying that everything's going to come right, but I tell you, you're putting yourself in the place when Jesus passes by, he'll call your name. He'll call your name. And then the final thing that I feel is that some people have got so offended and so hurt. And I know how that is. I know what it is to be hurt. I know what it is to live with stuff that maybe I can't understand at all. But if it is coming in between you and your relationship with Jesus, it's time to put it down. It's time to come to the foot of the cross and say, I'm leaving this here. Because beloved, offense eats us, eats us. Most times the people that we're offended with, they don't even know. And so if that's you, please, will you be brave enough as well to just stand? Maybe they're just some of you that just needing Jesus in your house. Just you needing him there. You stand as well. And tonight you say, hey, Jesus, I want you to come in. I know. I don't want you to just come as a visitor. I want you to stay. I am so glad that you guys stood. I just love just meeting you. Seriously, I did. Oh, water's all over the floor. Don't worry about it. How's it, Pete? I remembered your name. Now, because we're family together, can we, the rest of us, just get up? I don't want you to invade people's space, but just ask them very politely if you can just put your hand on their shoulder, on their back. If they say, no, thank you, just put it out towards them. Come on, let's just be family together. Not just people close to us. Get out of our chairs here.
Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.